Hello and welcome to Stories with Likes, conversations that interest me and maybe you too. I am your host, Anne Hildebrand, and I am here without Renee Hildebrand because she is now in the States, which you might remember from last episode. I am in Outback Queensland where there are some motorbikes going around in the background and uh, I'll talk about that later, but that's just to let you know the sounds you might be hearing. Um, travel update is last time you heard from us, Renee and I were in Sydney and we were planning on heading up the coast to Brisbane, which is what we did. And it was really awesome and beautiful. Road tripping in Australia is super cool. We also flew up to Cairns and went to the Great Barrier Reef, which was absolutely amazing. Um, the Great Barrier Reef is disappearing, as you may or may not know. It is one of the natural wonders of the world and it really is wonderful and amazing. It's like being in uh, an aquarium, except you're swimming around it and there's so many fish. We saw Nemo, we saw clownfish in an anemone just straight up, it was Nemo. Uh, at one point I saw six rainbow fish the size of footballs just right in my field of vision. Uh, swimming in and out of the coral, it was just really, otherworldly. It was like being in an aquarium that was super aesthetically placed to be as beautiful as possible except it was just nature and that's just what was there and it's impossible to not be around you know a million cool things at once. We saw sea turtles, we saw tiger sharks, Renee saw a cuttlefish, Renee and Ryan who was also there I'll get to in a second um, and yeah, if you can make it down there, super amazing. One of the best things I've ever experienced. And um, yeah, so I was going to mention that we were there with Ryan because we were joined on our road trip by Ryan and my friend Susan, also known as Rewind, who I met on the PCT. She, um, I'll talk about that more later, but yeah, we all road tripped up together. So my current sort of update is that I am a nanny in the outback. The town is Quilpie in Quilpie, Queensland, Australia. And there's red dirt everywhere. I'm living in the desert. It's a blast, basically. It's a lot of work, a lot of fun. That's usually the way the best things are. And that's gonna bring me back to, well, it's not gonna bring me back, I'm gonna bring us back to our conversation for today, which I had with Rewind. And the context for this conversation is that, as I mentioned, we all road tripped up together, me, Renee, Rewind, and Ryan from Sydney to Brisbane. And Rewind's there, she wants to do woofing, which is uh, like willing workers on organic farms. It's work exchange. And so as we got it to Brisbane and we left Rewind there. She very wonderfully babysat our car for us, who's in working wonderful condition, by the way. And Renee and Ryan and I went up to Cairns. While we were in Cairns, I'm you know, applying for jobs and um, eventually land this nanny job, which is also like an interesting sort of like footnote for everybody. Like, you know, you can be in the most wonderful place like the Great Barrier Reef, and it's amazing, while also holding this stress about like, oh, I need a job. It's just, you, we can really compartmentalize things like that as humans. And um, 
obviously, ideally, I would just trust that it will work out because it always does, as this did perfectly wonderfully. Like, I got a job that is a great job, and I started it the second I got back to Brisbane, drove straight out two days into the outback, like, no downtime. But that's the whole nature of the beast. Anyway, um, Rewind sat, babysat our car. She's applying for woofing positions, kind of the same thing, like waiting to hear back and all of that. And so I landed back in Brisbane and I had the secured the nanny job the day before. She picks me up from the airport. She still hasn't worked out a woofing thing. So she's still in this space of like, oh, I don't know, you know, like maybe I'll just have to give up. And I've definitely had that thought too, where it's like, well, what if everything goes horribly wrong? Yeah, like that's kind of where she was in this, when we started this conversation. And then during it, she kind of progresses through things working out and everything being fine. So there are those interruptions in this conversation, which I think is really cool. It's kind of a snapshot in real time of that transition between massive uncertainty and the sort of stress and worry that goes with it and then everything turning out just fine. Ideally we can just learn to trust that everything will turn out just fine such that we can let go of the worry but it's hard you know it really is so I'll leave the rest of the conversation. Hi Susan. Hey Anne. Can you tell me where we are right now? We are in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> the weather's actually really nice, so that's good. Sunny. It was rainy when we first got here. We had some wet tents there. Yeah. So can you tell me kind of like how you got to be here or what led you to be in this place? Well, I spent uh, three months and on, a, uh, on a friend's farm in New Zealand, working with the woofers, milking cows, picking fijoas. Uh, and what's a fijoa? Oh, it's a delicious fruit. Yeah. <laughs> the up-and-coming super fruit. Okay. <laughs> and I just took part in everything on the farm from cleaning the... the uh, shed to making cheese. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and where were you before that? Um, I was in the States, and, well, I guess that's the interesting part is how, how we met. Yeah. Hiking the Pacific Crest Trail last year. Yeah. And just shared information, and I followed you on Facebook, and when I saw you were in Australia, I was like, wow, we're in the same place. That's why I love Facebook, man. I'm, I'm so pro-Facebook in that regard. Um, so why, okay, let's go back even further. So how did you end up on the PCT? <laughs> well, I was... Uh, I was working in a conservation in Georgia, and um, this opportunity came up, and my boss was so supportive, he said I could come back. So yeah. I just left and hit the trail. It so was, you hadn't already, so you were doing conservation, but that wasn't your career even before that. So you made a career jump. I did. Even before the PCT. So the PCT itself wasn't even your career jump, like a lot of people well, sometimes use it for that. Yeah, maybe a second jump. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, I spent 30 years in education. Yeah. Everything from teaching to principal. Any, like, sort of words of wisdom on that uh, <laughs> that, you could, that you could boil down? Well, if you make a difference for one, one child, then it's all worth it. Yeah. And that was in Georgia, right? It was. It was. Okay. Let's trace it back. How'd you end up in Georgia? Um, I was born in Rhode Island, and my dad got transferred down there when I was a teenager. Oh. 
Okay. Oh, we can pause this. So I paused the recording here, and what you just heard was Susan's phone going off, and that was her accepting a woofing position, and that was kind of the transition between, you know, not knowing what's going to happen to actually settling in on something. So we'll pick up with her after that phone call. Cool. That's exciting. I can't believe that just happened. And she took it, so we drove to the town where her whooping position was going to be. Let's meet up there. So we're back. And, uh, well, why don't you just update us on where we're at now? We're in Tambourine. Yeah, why? Why do we come to Tambourine? Uh, just up the road is a little farm that I'm going to stay in Woof on. And they have exotic birds and horses and a garden, apparently. Yeah. Sweet potatoes at this time of year. So I'm That's excited. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, the, the, like, the travel roller coaster. You don't know what's going to happen, and then something awesome happens, and this is great. So let's see. Why don't you tell us about like, some of your first travel experiences? Speaking of travel, since we're here doing that. Um, from... Anywhere you Way choose. Back. What do you want to talk about? I guess my first travel experience was as a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa. Yeah. I mean, I had traveled before, but it was like making a two-year commitment to move to West Africa, and I was all nervous that two years was so long and ended up staying four. And um, have you gone back there since? I have. I've been back um, three times. And have you seen it change? Like within the every time I. There's certainly lots of changes in the big cities, but when I go back to the village where I lived, it looks exactly the same. With like this last trip, they did have cell phones, but everything else looked the same. The women were still carrying water. There was still no electricity. Uh, there is now electricity, so I'm sure that when I go again, there will be big changes. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese put in electricity to the village, okay. so I'm sure that will have impacts. I know that was a big thing in Angola where uh, Chinese people, business people, were buying up a lot of the land. Um, is that in other parts of Africa? Is that like a big thing? Um, I think that the Chinese are buying an awful lot of goodwill. Okay. Uh, years, years ago in the 60s, the Americans put in a, a dam for alcohol aluminum and yet people in the upper regions never got electricity from the dam. Electricity okay. was sold to other countries, and people in that country stayed poor. And now the Chinese are coming in, they're building roads, they're putting in infrastructure um, that we don't even think about in the West. And so after you left, like, what, what was the impetus to leave, finally? Was it... Well, Peace Corps is supposed to be two years, and I, I was lucky I got renewed because they liked my project. Um, after that, the country director said, I love your project, you can go to Nepal. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, no, I want to stay. So I ended up um, going back to the States at that right. point. okay. Because it, and Nepal would have been just starting over. Nepal would have been fantastic, but it would have been starting over. So yeah. I decided yeah. I would And then when did you want to, to get back? Um, on the way home from the airport, I ran into my old math teacher, and he had me in the classroom the next day. Seriously? Yeah, he like, needed a sub. I need a job and... No, I, I mean, he just approached me and said, what are you doing? And I, I told him, he said, well, I have a, um, I have a, a need. Um, yeah. I have a teacher who's pregnant, went out on maternity leave today. Can you be there tomorrow? Wow. I was like, sure. 
Is that how you got into teaching in the States? Well, I had taught the first two years in Ghana. Yeah. Um, but I ended up getting a job with that school system. And so I ended up teaching five years before I ever had an education class. Really? Because it just happened that way. And then I went back and got my master's. And teaching is so hard. It's insane. Yeah. But and, like, and especially, well, in West Africa, it was very difficult in the numbers of students. I had one class with a hundred students wow. and no books. Wow. But it was very easy in terms of discipline. Students wanted to be there. Did they know, that? Did, were they aware of kind of feeling fortunate that they oh, were yes. getting education? Okay. Yes, everybody doesn't get to go to school. Yeah. And so they were, by the time they're in high school, there's like, it's like a pyramid. In here, you've got more reasonable class sizes. So, you know, teachers say they have large yeah. class sizes, but compared to that, but there's more discipline issues. Right. Everybody is there, so kids that don't want to be there are there. Right. You wouldn't last two days there if you didn't want to be there. How so? A, a, teacher, a, can, a t- teacher can say, don't ever come back to my class, and there's no, there's no recourse. You're out. Right. So there's kind of that mutual... Well, I mean, are, are teachers... You know, what are the, were the teachers, teachers there? Teachers care like? about the kids a lot. Okay. Um, I mean, it's like anywhere. You have good and, and yeah. you have some that could be better but yeah um i think they care about the kids i mean they're struggling because they don't have the resources and i went to an area that is one of the poorest in the country right on the border with burkina faso which is the poorest country in west africa yeah and so the resources were even less there that's over here thank you i'll just so that was our food coming, and now that we've eaten, we were just talking about Ghana and you traveling there, and um, we, I guess we can fast forward then, unless you have some more stuff you want to talk about that. Well, I could talk all night about Ghana, but we yeah. can fast forward because I'm so excited about Australia right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so how did you, so we met on the PCT, how did you end up deciding to travel in, you know, New Zealand and Australia? Um, it was just that opportunity to woof in um, New Zealand, where a friend introduced me. In New Zealand, if you're over 30, you can't woof. But because I had a friend, I stayed with a friend, and there were woofers there. So it was an experience on an organic farm that I wanted. Okay. The so, idea that I... Did you know that before when you were finishing the trail? Even when I was on the trail, I was talking about... Like, a lot of people were talking about, oh, we're going to do a triple crown, and... And I would love to hike a long trail again, but in my head, even when I was on the trail, I was like, my next experience is going to be in organic farming. It's something I want to learn about. And you thought that before you had the opportunity, or was the opportunity like germinating in your mind? So even when I started to hike, I I started out with um, Pathfinder and Hemlock. Okay. And I told Hemlock, maybe when I'm hiking, I'll woof along the way. And right. she was like, it's not possible. It's, you have to, you know, you have to get there before the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of put that aside, but I had already been thinking about it. Um, I, I'm thinking about selling my house and moving to something that has, not like the huge farm I was on, but, you know, some trees and a garden and a little more sustainable. And where's your house? Oh, um, it's in Roswell, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, just north of Atlanta. Yeah, which is not rural. No, <laughs> not anymore. It used to be. Okay. When I was when I was a kid, we had horses, and um, it was pretty rural out there. Wow. There were when we moved to Roswell, I was fourteen, and uh, there were three thousand people. Whoa. There's over ninety thousand there now. 
Whoa, that's so, insane. Is that just kind of Atlanta eking out into mm -hmm. the countryside? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so you don't ever want to go back to your profession in Atlanta or? Well, um, I did 30 years in education and I, I don't want to go back to education, but I have been working on a little science career, yeah. working with um, non-game wildlife, doing botany surveys, doing gopher tortoise research, and yeah, I'll definitely go back to that. So yeah, what, what prompted the change? So you were, because you were a teacher, but what else did you do in education 30 years? Well, I, I thought I could make a difference, and so I moved into administration. So I was a principal for a couple of years and then I ran the online program for the county for a couple of years. But in that time I lost my dad, I lost my husband and I just decided what is important in life. I, I really want to just strike out and try something different. I want to try science. Okay, yeah, so how did, how did that conversation go in your head, the like what's important or what did you weigh or kind of how did that feel? I do think education is hugely important, but I guess I felt like I had spent 30 years doing what I could do and I needed to like look at where where I was and I had never had the opportunity to do pure science and so I just decided to do science. I went down to Archbold, worked with Betsy Rothamel on a restoration project doing gopher tortoise research and then got the job with DNR. Is that so, what you went to university for? Was that what you were thinking originally? My degree is in zoology. Yeah. So is this you kind of going back to what you thought? No, you going back to, to my roots. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, are there? Do you have any sort of like firm plans of what you want to do next, or is it a big question mark still? Yeah, I I would like to move to something more sustainable. Um, my house is very comfortable, and it's close to all the amenities you could want. And my next-door neighbor is, <laughs> he cuts my grass when I'm not there. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to leave it. I guess my, my thing that I harp on a lot is making those big changes when people are doing something and they wonder, like, what's really important to me or not. And... Yeah, so it, how did you kind of find the momentum to do that? Like, did you quit your job first, or how did you kind of make the transition to, like, I'm just going to do something else now? So Hemlock and I have hiked together for uh, ever since her first backpacking trip. Okay. And she has just become a... She was backpacking every weekend, huge backpacker. And she was working as a postdoc at UGA, and we would meet and go for weekends... And we had talked about doing a long hike together. Oh. And one day she just said, um, I'm going with this other woman to do the Pacific Crest Trail. Who was that? Uh, Pathfinder. Okay. And I said, can I join you? Just like that. Yeah. And I went to my boss and said, I'm doing the PCT. And he was like, I'm so jealous. So it worked. It just, it just fell in my lap. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just going with the flow and things just fall in your lap. That's kind of what happened today, though, too, right? Right. Like, yeah, so why don't you just like detail more about like where you're at right now or what's going on? Yeah, I mean, today was amazing because I was thinking, okay, I met you at the airport, and I was just going to say, okay, you've got a job lined up. Just drop me at the hostel, and I'll stay here until I work something out. And you said, no, 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 I'll come to the hostel with you. I'll help you with this. And we sat down, and within an hour, I had three 
whooping offers. Right. It was like amazing. And but like all back to back, like they just worked out fine. And that's the thing, like b beforehand, when you don't have them, it kind of you feel like that pr the pressure coming like, in. What like, do you do? What do you? <laughs> yeah. What am I gonna do? What if this doesn't work out? And I feel like your mind can go to all the worst places. Like, right. What if nothing just ever happens at all? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can always get on a plane and go back. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought, okay, I'll just go back. But I'm so glad this has worked out because yeah. I really wanted this experience. That's super exciting. And so like you're going to be woofing here in Australia and then back on a plane back home? I'll visit my daughter in San Francisco before heading back. So uh, what question did I not ask you that I should ask you about? Oh, I think you've covered it. No, that's just no way that it covers it. Well, I just I, I, thank you so much for like letting us hook up and being the navigator. You are the technology navigator par excellence for finding fun things to see and do and camping sites and... Oh, I really depend on my phone. If it <laughs> broke, I think I would just kind of just pack up and go home. <laughs> there's, there's nothing more to see here. Um, so what are you excited about right now? Um, being part of a family, like me to have a cultural experience here. I mean, it was fantastic traveling with other Americans and meeting German volunteers. And But to actually, we're in Australia, and we both now are going to families that are Australian to really be immersed in the culture. Yeah. And granted, maybe it's not as different as a culture with different religion, different language, but it's still a wonderful opportunity. On top of which, I, I've always enjoyed... Um, animals and nature and they have exotic birds and horses and cows yeah. and all kinds of animals here so it will be great fun. Well you get to live the kind of zoologist sort of dream with the, the exotic birds but also the organic farm sort of right. dream. So it's it's like perfect. But that's the thing it's like you couldn't you I don't I really don't think you could have organized this before you came and that's what it comes down to like you had mm -hmm. to just be here and be like I'm ready I'm to go now. The same thing for me, like with this au pair position, I had, I, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm coming in this amount of time. Like, wait, they're like, no, we kind of do this like, if you want to show up at the doorstep tomorrow, then you've got a job. But you have to come here not knowing what's going on. I'm trying to learn to be a little more flexible. <laughs> Is that a little more go with the flow? That definitely was my goal in coming here. I know I'm pretty. Well, if you're in the school system, you you know you, the bell rings every hour. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be right there. Yeah, is this so? Is this is that part of the kind of experience of this trip, which is the like not planning and? It really is. It really is. Even in Peace Corps, that traveling is. Um, you're with the government, so you're representing the government, and right. I mean, you also have the backup. If you get sick, they take care of you. I mean, right. this is you're out on your own. So, yeah, it's a whole different experience. Any words of wisdom for people? Just On that or anything. Be in the moment and just go with it. Yeah. Meet people. People are the best. Listen to people. Yeah. It's always yeah. It's following up on those, on those leads. I feel mm -hmm. like I keep. Like, I met Pete and Carrie, the, the ones that were down in Melbourne. And for anyone listening, you can also hear Pete and Carrie's podcast episode a few ones back. And, like, we just met them kind of on the boat via Jane, this other woman we met on the boat. And because of these, like, connections of just people who you meet and you follow up on, you get to meet wonderful people. And you don't, right. that's another thing you can't kind of prearrange. No. At well, all. It's like camping the other night at um, Springbrook. The tent next to me happened to be um, a couple with a five-year-old, 
and she came up and told me she had never camped before. And we were just talking, and the next thing I know, they had asked me if I wanted to go to Natural Bridges, bridges with them, and we went to look at the glowworms. And um, then when, when I went off hiking the next morning, I, I left them a note, and then when I came back, they had written me a note and left. The little girl had made a little, I told her I worked with gopher tortoises, so she made me a little clay gopher tortoise. Oh. I mean, that's the thing. It's so you just, sweet. You have to be open to all of mm -hmm. that. It's so like, and that's another thing is like people, I feel like it's like the world is scary, but it's full of so many awesome people. Right. Like so many nice right. people who just want to help you. And right. I don't know, like I find it really um, wonderful being out in it. Like you were saying, like, what if something bad happens to you? There's no one there to help you. But then something bad happens and then someone helps you. Right. And it's pretty cool. Right. Like like hitching off the PCT, there's always someone who's happy to pick you up and take you to town. Right. Cool. Well, I'm very excited about your opportunity. And, uh, and I'm excited about yours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I guess we'll both just keep on practicing the like breathing in the moment and the not freaking out <laughs> when it's not certain. <laughs> it's so hard. Meditate. <laughs> Meditate. Thank you so much. Thank you. So listening to my conversation with Susan, I could definitely go down the path of, you know, jumping into something with a lot of uncertainty and having it work out just fine. And that's a major theme here. But I harp on that like all the time. So let's give us all a break from that. And um, I think my memory connection would rather be something related to just a small nugget that was mentioned in the conversation, which was Burkina Faso. And Susan was saying that she had worked you know, really close to Burkina Faso. And my only connection with that part of the world is this one internship I had just after graduating from university. And I worked as a, it was a short-term thing because there was going to be this sort of meeting of many minds of this organization called Newfield Foundation, where they make, they do grant making for women doing sustainable agriculture in Western Africa. And they needed someone to work as a sort of real-time translator between English and French, French to English, for a representative from Burkina Faso, who was one of these women who was organizing other women doing the sustainable agriculture who were getting the grants. And so I did it. I signed up and got the job to do real-time translation, English and French, which was also terrifying. And that's also the, one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's a weird way to use your brain, to have sort of one language pouring in one ear. And in the other half of your brain, you need to be translating it into the other language. And that needs to be coming out of your mouth while simultaneously you're listening to whatever is going in. And I also had to change a bunch of my, or learn a bunch of vocabulary for this very specific sort of situation. And so I have this big job coming up and just days before it, I got this massive case of pink eye. It was super gross. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to go. And it's really professional. There are these donors, you know, it's a, it's a charity kind of thing. It's an, it's an NGO. That's where they get their money. So they're going to have these massive donors at this big party at this mansion in Marin. And I'm thinking it's going to be all these fancy people and I'm going to have to be up close and personal with this woman that I'm translating for because I'm going to have to be whispering in her ear, you know, like while she's, 
listening. And then when she's talking, I'm going to have to get up in front of a bunch of people, like talk to them, translate what she's saying. And, you know, it just sucked. And I went there and I'm thinking, oh, God, no one can touch me. You're like, I can't shake hands with anybody because I had this infection in my eye. And uh, I was also just worried about what she would think. And then after I met her and she sat down next to me and I, I told her, I'm really sorry. You know, I've got this thing in my eye and it's really unfortunate. And she just leaned over and put her hand on my knee and was like, don't worry, I've seen way worse. And I was like, oh, God, it was just like really nice of her. And she was super cool. And just the whole experience was pretty amazing. And it was just a month, but it was really an interesting way to get exposed to sort of cultures from that part of the world. And that brings this episode to a close. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. It's crazy cool. And I would love to hear from you because it's super awesome to hear from you. So just email me at hildeb.ann at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear your stories. What are any connections or thoughts that you have about this? Or what are your opinions of, on me harping on the whole uncertainty thing and things working out? Do they not work out? Do you have an example of some time that something worked out horribly? I'd love to know. And thank you. I'm just really grateful for you people in my life. And traveling is about people and living is about people. And I'm so grateful for this podcast itself so that I get to record sort of for myself the interactions I have with people traveling. It's really a cool way to record and have memories. And also, speaking of which, talking to people in conversations, I have a legit situation with Skype now. So let's Skype, guys. If you're listening, contact me. Tell me your memories. And if you don't want me to say them on the podcast, that's fine. Let's talk about them on Skype. And that'll be great. So talk to me. Can't wait to hear from you. Love you guys. Bye. Just on that or anything. Be in the moment and just go with it. Yeah. Meet people. People are the best. Listen to people. Yeah.